This is Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Welcome to Four People. I'm Melissa Rao, your host, and this podcast is a conversation inspired by Bishop Wright's Four Faith weekly devotional sent out every Friday. You can find a link to this week's Four Faith and a link to subscribe to Four Faith in the episode's description. Hey, Bishop. How you doing, Melissa? Great. It's a beautiful day, <laughs> mainly because we're talking about the coolest thing, in my opinion. There you go. <laughs> you titled this week's devotion, Spirit Is. You then have a litany of so many of the things Holy Spirit can be credited for. Yeah. And I know you could add so many more things to the list. I could, yeah. Right? And so I'm wondering what stood out, I guess we'll know before we go on to that. Uh, what stood out to me the most about the entire uh, attribution, like was your attribution for the devotion? Like instead of having one Bible passage, you just list the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was so funny. And I know it's Pentecost this week. Yeah. And so right. what was on your heart when you decided to just list the attributes of the Holy Spirit? Yeah. So, I, you know, I've been doing this a long time now. Right. And so, you know, I'm, I've got to keep it interesting for me uh, as well as, as hopefully engage uh, listeners and readers. And so um, what I always want to do, what I always want to be about uh, as someone in, in, entrusted with the privilege of being an ambassador for scripture to people. Right. Is I, I, I want to give them the real goods, the genuine article, and and, and, the, and the real goods and the genuine article is not necessarily what the preacher has to say. I mean that that helps to amplify and underscore and underline. That's great, praise the Lord. But what I want to give people is the genuine article. And so what I decided to do was just to go through the Bible just a bit, Old and New Testament, and just uh, pull out some of the character features uh, attributed to the Holy Spirit. And, and just to give those to people and really let people um, read that list and maybe decide for themselves uh, how they best know the Holy Spirit. So whether it's helper or indweller or wind-like or my teacher or my, uh, my guide, you know, power or freedom or truth or hope or belonging. I want I want because what I want to do is, you know, I always want to be fostering what I call Christian maturity. And one part of Christian maturity is being able with some facility to talk about uh, your life with God, God, the father or God, the parent, uh, God, the creator, God, the son, God, the redeemer, Jesus Christ, and God, the Holy Spirit, three in one, one in three. So I think that Christian maturity is being able to lay claim to the activity of God in your real life. And to be able to do that, you need some help sometimes with the way in which God is represented in scripture. Hmm. So I love that you ask, who is the Holy Spirit for you now? Yeah. And it really resonated with me, like on a number of different levels, um, a lot of thoughts about why you may have asked that in that way. Yeah. Um, but instead of me speculating, I'm wondering if you can share what prompted you to ask that question that way. Yeah. So again, again, what is my overarching uh, purpose for doing this podcast, for writing for faith. Now I've written for faith. So every Friday since uh, October 2012, right? So what is the overarching purpose? The overarching purpose, I hope, is to facilitate people's relationship with Jesus Christ, to facilitate people's relationship uh, with God and with Holy Scripture, right? So to hopefully 
to, uh, to effect Christian maturity. That's the purpose, right? The purpose is to be a, to make an offering uh, that, that might challenge, that might comfort, that might encourage, that might inspire, that might correct, uh, that might, uh, you know, all those sorts of things. So that's the overarching purpose. And again, I want people in their own way, in their own idiom, in their own voice, to be able to lay claim. So I want, I always want to be asking questions. There's a, you know, the, the Hebraic, the you know, genius is not to sort of give all the answers, but to invite the questions, right? To make them, to make the question. So what I really want to do just as a, a person who is hopefully moving and growing is increase my capacity for better question asking, because I think better questions offered to people create learning opportunities in them. So that's, that's the reason for the question. But again, I want people to uh, increase their love, familiarity, affection for God in their own way, in their own voice. So not, I don't want people to hear my voice. I want them to be able to hear their voice. I just, you know, my job is in the question. So it would, it, it excites me to think that somebody would read this meditation and get to that question, who is the Holy Spirit for you now, and really chew on that. Um, and just use what I have written just as a prompt. So that's what's really exciting for me is that somebody might pull down on that for themselves and say, hmm, I don't know, right? And then walking the dog or, you know, out in the lawn or whatever the hell, whatever they're doing, that that question just reemerged for them. And then they work through that and then they land on someplace. That's what's really exciting for me. Mm. Well, we'll be right back with more for people after a short break. Thank you for listening to Four People. For all updates, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. And now back to Four People. Welcome back to Four People. Bishop, Pentecost is my favorite church holiday. And not just because I get to wear red to church. (laughs) (laughs) Right. um, I'd love to know why you believe uh, the Pentecost event is so important to us if Jesus did what he did on the cross and in the tomb. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, let's not paint those two ideas as, as, as if they're mutually exclusive, right? I mean, Jesus promised the Spirit, right? So, so you know, it's, it's, it's wonderful, isn't it? I mean, in, in, you know, in the Old Testament, we're promised the Messiah, Right. And Messiah comes, Jesus of Nazareth. And then Jesus of Nazareth uh, lives out his public ministry with us and then promises spirit. And in Pentecost, spirit comes. So what I like about that, and you can't you can't break those three pieces apart. Those are three uh, movements in in one beautiful orchestra. Right. There's a there's a there's a three beautiful movements. And it's the way in which uh, it, it's the it's the way in which God chooses to be God. And to reach out to us and reach out to the universe. And so spirit is just this next level of God's agency with us, of God's invitation to us. And so, yeah, we, we need spirit as that sustainer, right? Creator, redeemer, and sustainer. That's what we say. That sustainer, that companion, that, uh, that paraclete, if you want to go back to the, those older, older words, that, that one who is attached to us, who is with us. Um, who is in us. And I think we might want to start, start to think also about 
what it means to be made in the image of God. If we're made in the image of God, that means that there's God in us, right? And so Holy Spirit is a way in which to talk about the God that is in each of us, all of us. Oh, that we would treat each other uh, like uh, we are offending God when we uh, are uh, politely hostile or violent or um, selfish uh, with with brothers or sisters. And so, and so, yeah, I mean, this is the beauty of God, God's agency over time uh, expressed through creator, redeemer, and sustainer. But again, even the Bible tells us at the very beginning when God was being creator, it was spirit who hovered over the water. So spirit has always been there and therefore Messiah has always been there. So you just, you get this, this beautiful waterfall of God throughout scripture and ways in which God is being God. It really does provoke uh, awe. And and at some point, thinking about how committed God is to being God in a particular way, you know, you run out of words to describe it. Yeah. Well, I, I have so many words. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I took a class. One of my favorite classes at seminary was um, intro to uh, Christian spirituality and so dissecting the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's real um, and present influence and impact in our lives today was, was just like awesome. So my professor, this was in and around the time that we were planning for the Rooted in Jesus conference in Atlanta. Yeah. And I was telling my professor all about this in in our like student, you know, he was my, my advisor. I'm telling him all this stuff and he's like, I don't know why you didn't name it rooted in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so I don't know if you have any thoughts about how, how I'm not saying we shouldn't uplift Jesus. Like we absolutely should. We're Christians. We're following Jesus's way. Yeah. But we, when we think about being rooted in something and we think about the very real presence in our life today, is it not the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe a, a really rough analogy might be, you know, we've learned as, as with the development and, you know, and the sort of growth of, of learning that we don't all learn the same way. You know, a, a thousand years ago when I was a little boy, they told you to sit down and sit at your desk and shut up and, you know, talk, you know, speak when you're spoken to, you know, we've learned uh, that we learn differently. You know, some of us need to move. Some of us need to learn with our bodies. Some of us need to learn with music and with colors and et cetera, et cetera. You know, um, uh, you know, you know, people have an um, an individual facet of God that they love the most, right? Some people are theocentric, which is which is God, God creator. Some people are Christocentric, which you know, Jesus of Nazareth is the whole thing. I mean, th- th- just the thought of a guy walking around, dirty feet, dirty sandals, making miracles, loving, defying, you know, uh, you know, our status quo because of God, touches our heart, his sacrifice on Calvary. We're Christocentric. And, and some of us are pneumatocentric, which is, which is to be, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit-centered. And, and, and so, so, you know, I would invite people to think about which one are you. Um, I meet a lot of theocentric people. Yeah, they're like, God, I get like the big picture, you know. And then I get a lot of people who are Christocentric. For some reason, I don't get a lot of people who are pneumatocentric, right? Which is like they wake up every morning thinking about the Holy Ghost, right? We used to call, you know, <laughs> the Holy Spirit is the artist formerly known as the Holy Ghost, right? That's That's right. What, <laughs> 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 but, but you know, so there, so it's interesting, and especially in mainstream Protestant religion, we don't talk a lot about the Holy Spirit. We're a little bit afraid of the Holy Spirit. Like we can get our head around Creator God, we can go out and look at the forest. 
and we get our head around Jesus. But the Holy Spirit is a bit scary, especially when you think in terms of Pentecost, which is the reason for the meditation. Pentecost is the Holy Spirit breaking through the doors, doing a new thing, inviting people into new and deeper relationships that are beyond geography, on, beyond class, beyond race, beyond gender, and, and, and really just sort of taking over the moment. And that scares the hell out of people, right? Because we want to say that we live and love God, but we're afraid to live for and love God too much because we wonder what will happen to our fine standing, our manicured presence in the world if we just say yes to the Spirit and throw the doors of our hearts wide open. It scares the hell out of people. Um, you know, I don't know if uh, how many people listening have had a real experience of some dramatic act of the Holy Spirit. I saw something when I was in college at a, uh, a, at a revival, uh, and uh, I saw a woman who probably weighed about 300 pounds get up and dance like a 98-pound ballerina. And, you know, I did what any Episcopalian would do in that moment. I got the hell out of there, you know. <laughs> 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 and, 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 and I reflect on that often because here was this dramatic expression and she wasn't the only person who was having some ecstatic experience. And I was there and the hair on my skin was raised up. And, 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 and upon reflection many years later, I realized that I was scared of that because I didn't want to, um, give myself to that. I, I wanted the control of that. I wanted, I wanted to be in control, right? And this is why the Holy Spirit scares people, right? Even St. Paul, when he first starts talking about it, he talks about being possessed by the Holy Spirit, not me, but Christ in me, right? He's talking about being host for something. And, and that scares modern spiritual people uh, quite a bit, because what we want is we want sort of a, a spiritual uh, lucky rabbit's foot in our pocket, right? We want life with a little, uh, you know, a little bit of God sprinkled over like Parmesan cheese, but we want to be the main dish. And, and life with the Holy Spirit is, is, sort, of, is sort of different. It's, it's about God's agency. It's about God will not be bought off. God cannot be coerced or confined. You know, it is, it is, it is, I mean, in a word, scary, but uh, if you are people like the ancient Hebrews who were oppressed, and perhaps now in, in societies all around the world, if you're people who are oppressed, that's the God you want. You want the door kicking in, justice making, uh, having people sit up and shut up. You want that God because you don't have an advocate in the real world. So it just depends on where you sit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, the Holy Spirit is a lot of things for me. Um, I think one of the things that the Holy Spirit has been for me, uh, you know, especially over COVID, uh, has been uh, the recaller of things. Right. And so, uh, you know, what what older people, I'm a man of a certain age. And so what older people used to say is, well, that something puts me in the mind of. Uh, which, which, which is a colloquial wide way to say that I'm recalling. And, and one of the things that's been beautiful about my life with the Holy Spirit 
over COVID is, is that quite beyond my reading, quite beyond my own practice of study, you know, just like an old song that would come to you, come to mind, even if you hadn't heard it on the radio, um, pieces of scripture have come to me that have been difference making for me, that have been strength making for me. Um, and I've been so grateful for that. You know, it, it sometimes it gets prompted when I'm in conversations with people like you. Um, some, some story or some line or something uh, comes to mind. And it's, it's not just a, 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 you know, a bit of a delight or something sweet. It, is, it has been the right word for me at the right time. It has been a, a bit of a bridge over troubled waters, right? So it's been a consequential something that has been brought to mind. Um, and so, so that is part of Holy, who Holy Spirit has been for me. Another part, quite personally, uh, of who ho- Holy Spirit has been for me has been reconciler. Um, you know, Holy Spirit uh, is like a finishing carpenter. You know, there's the big carpenters who come in and do the rough work, right? The plywood and the drywall and all that sort of stuff. And then there's finished carpeting, uh, uh, carpentry, which, is, which does the decorative stuff, which, is, which has a lighter touch, but, but it puts all the fine flourishes, the finishes, if you will, on things. And here I am, I'm 57 years old. I'm adopted. Some people may know, some people don't know. And we just found my birth mother 57 years later. Now I'm a man in my own right. I'm a grown man. I've got a wife and kids and all that sort of stuff and, and was moving along quite fine in life emotionally. But then came this doorway and it came open and there's a reconciliation with someone I never knew and some healing I didn't know that I actually needed. And so this July, I'll go and meet her, Barbara, uh, and my two half-brothers in the flesh in July. We were going to meet earlier, but COVID prevented that. And so the Holy Spirit has also been finished carpenter for me, right? And, 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 you know, the, the maker, you know, adding that next level of shine and polish to a thing that I never, I never need, knew I needed and never sat around and wanted. It's just this, this whole, so I guess Holy Spirit is wholeness maker. W-H-O-L-E, wholeness maker. And I think that's one of the graces of God is to try to make all things not only new, but whole. Bishop, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you listeners for listening to Four People. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. Please subscribe, leave a review, and we'll look forward to being back with you next week.